0: G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or (laughs) non-locally, overseas, in other parts of the world, okay, and we sometimes also talk about Whatever comes to mind, right, if we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in The Goss. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that, though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the Academy membership at AussieEnglish.com.au, where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads. And you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time. Okay. So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practising, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit. I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird and let's get into it. There we go. All right. So, another story. What do you got? What's on the menu?
1: Puppies and kittens. <laughs> After and the sharks. Yes, I win. This is a puppies and kittens story. An actual puppies an and kittens story. actual puppies and kittens story. Um, it's coming into winter in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously. Yeah, not here. We're coming into summer. And um, an animal shelter in Chatham, Kent, which I've been to, uh, which is a county in- uh, or municipal Yeah, I assume the county, not, not the animal on- shelter. No, in Ontario. <laughs> In, in Canada, um, had delivered to them um, a litter of little kittens that look like, according to the- well, I haven't read the article and, you know, completely to look at the age, but they look, from the photographs, like they're about three or four weeks old. Mm-hmm. And they were clearly dumped on a road, and somebody found them with a stray dog who had curled up to around the kittens, keeping them warm. Pregnant dog? No. Female dog? Just a random dog? Just a
0: random dog. People are just fucked up. It really pisses me off when people uh, do that sort of shit to animals. Uh,
1: if well, you want to kill them, I don't agree with it. But if, you, you know, if, if you've got no way you, you decide, well, hey, my cat's had kittens, then just go and give them to the local shelter or the- yeah. in Australia, the RSPCA or the SPCA or wherever you are. That's or just are kill them, them if you absolutely have to. Yeah. But you just dump them in the snow? Uh, it's, you know, minus 10 degrees. And so, this um, dog found them in the snow uh, well, and just curled we, up and kept more. We, we assume so. But, yeah, you know, what they found was the dog curled up on the road. And when the people found the dog, there were these little kittens curled up in, you know, it curled up with them. The dogs probably like, go away! Get out of here! Cold enough as it is. So, it's pretty amazing. Wow. So, he so ended up saving dog them. the the kittens. Yeah. Because the dogs will- Most dogs will survive in, you know, you know zero, below zero temperature. Really? Yeah, they can yeah, just heat the themselves snow. up, can't they? Well, yeah, they just- Well- Depending on the species of dog, you wouldn't want to put a chihuahua out there, but- uh, <laughs> you, Or the species, you the breed of dog. Quite a bit of surface uh, area to, to volume ratio. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a sort of medium to large sized dog and uh, just there with its little kittens curled up on the side of the road. So well,
0: it, there's cute. a random question for you. Do you reckon whales get cold? They have enough blubber that they don't.
1: Well, but- A starving whale would.
0: Yeah. Because
1: yeah. you want- Do you reckon they get hot? No. Yeah, you can't get hot and cold water. It's impossible.
0: Yeah, you wonder what it would feel like to be a whale. Then, if you uh, you have all that blubber, you go to somewhere like you know Greenland or Antarctica. You're in water that is zero, yeah. maybe negative one or two, because it's mm. salt water. How does it? What does it feel like
1: externally to you? Is it pleasurable? Is it just neutral? Is it? I don't know what temperature sensors on whether whales have temperature sensors in their skin.
0: Well, and then what happens when you know go to tropical waters? About yeah.
1: whale Well, it's these whales. I mean, be, if you look at typical whales in Australia. Um, the two most common species that we have, or well, three most common species we have, is the blue whale, which would be the third most common. I think. Is it really now? Which I thought they almost up, disappeared. Yeah, well, they did, but it comes up into uh, Victoria, South Australian waters mm. in summer. But I would love to see. We one have one. two buses, right? Yeah, and you know, we get them in summer, so they're basically coming up, you know, mm. out of you know, Antarctica. Who knows? To what carve? Place, they do. They come well, up. Not, to carve, blue don't whales? They? I don't think they do. But but in. Our winter period, we have southern right whales and humpback whales, and the southern right whales come up to the south coast of Australia to have their babies, and the humpbacks go up to Queensland, Yeah, they go all the way up the east coast, and similarly up the west coast of Australia, up 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 into the subtropics, have their babies, and then they go back down uh, to Antarctica. So, these are animals that throughout the year will be going from frigid temperatures from, you know, zero degree or, you know, very low digit temperatures. Um, into yeah the high twenties, the mid twenties. Yeah. So they're go, potentially going from zero degrees to twenty five degrees. Well, and that's a um,
0: substantial difference
1: in terms of it is, for in terms us terms at of least physiology. Yeah, you know, and, and how it would feel. and that's why, whether that doesn't make any difference to them is would be an interesting one because their body temperature will be way above the twenty five. Would buoyancy change? Water, uh, I, I don't know. Or is that I'm more tied to salinity levels. than temperature? Oh, yeah, it's more salinity, I would think. Yeah. But uh, it's an interesting one. You think? Yeah. You know, more that, yeah, this is one we will never know, regardless of what physiology we, we have understanding of, is that what is their perception of temperature mm. in that water. But they get up in the tropics and go, whoa.
0: Well, I wonder, do you wonder if they get to that point where they're like looking at the, you know, what are the cues that are telling them, all right, it's time to go for this year? Is it related to food availability? Is it temperature? Is it is it weather? Is it climate? that's telling them, right, or currents or something Mm. in the water that's saying, this is time to migrate north thousands of kilometres. And the crazy thing is, I saw a a GIF recently that the distance between Melbourne and Darwin is the same distance between Melbourne and the tip of Antarctica. So, it's something like 3,000 kilometres at least as the crow flies. So, it's a long way. And so, these whales are going effectively, assuming they're living around Antarctica on the coastline there. They're going four or 5,000 kilometres. They don't get
1: to Darwin, but they go up the East Coast to, um, typically around Fraser Island. But I mean, um, they're not going in a straight line, right? They're going around- And then then up the West Coast of Australia, up to sort of Ningaloo Reef and places like that.
0: But so, you wonder if they are at that point when they realise, oh, it's time to go to the tropics
1: yeah, yeah well, like- <laughs> I, I yeah you know, you've got to assume that it is uh, seasonal temperature change yeah. which is the, you know clearly the obvious thing that uh, when winter is starting because they start migrating in about May and they they so they're migrating up the coast of Australia in sort of June, July, and then they're migrating back down again from sort of August till October. yeah, so you've got to assume that they're they're starting their migration out of, Ant- out of Antarctica in sort of you know May and getting back there, uh, yeah, towards the beginning of summer.
0: Must be Uh, so boring. You wonder what it's like for them coming back from Tasmania to Antarctica with their babies next to them. Do you reckon they just get in there? Are we there yet? Are we we there there yet? yet? Are we there yet? Go to McDonald's. (laughs) Because it must just be clear water (laughs) the whole time, Mm. you know, like there's no land, there's nothing in between that. Maybe what, Macquarie Island or whatever it is, you know. They won't be sort of island hopping, you wouldn't have thought. Exactly. But it must be so crazy to imagine being a whale and- Being in some of the most vicious parts of the ocean where waves are fierce, winds are crazy, there's lightning and all that, and you're just like, well, whatever, I just dive underwater, I just just have to come up and get a breath. It's fine, whatever. Get
1: a breath every 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Also on whales, I wanted to cover this story a few weeks ago, but I forgot to bring it up. There was a mass stranding of pilot whales.
1: There was. Stra- Strawn? Strawn. Strawn yeah, it's pronounced. It's southwest a weird word. Straharn. Strahan. Yeah. Oh, Strahan. Yeah, S-T-R-A-H-A-N. southwest coast of Tasmania. One of the most beautiful places I have ever been.
0: Apart from when there are 400 dead whales, on, dead the, whales on, on the beach.
1: beach.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm dying to go there one day. It's spectacular. Um, so, Macquarie Harbour. Macquarie Harbour, I guess, to give a bit of background there is a location where, when Australia was colonised, so we colonised Sydney first, and then Van Diemen's Land was the next place, Tasmania, yes. and Macquarie Harbour. I think was the first um, convict jail, prison kind of place set up co- there, it was a right? Secondary
1: convict jail. Yeah, uh, Hobart was the Hobart and Launceston were the convict settlements. Hobart in particular Bring was the closer. first one. Yeah, 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 uh, and the. <laughs> But the Uh, real pieces of shit. No, but to Macquarie Harbour. Those who were the recidivist criminals. Yeah. Those who, yeah, they were sent out here and then they started to commit crimes again when they were here. They got sent to places like Port Arthur later, but Macquarie Harbour was one of the first.
0: And apparently that's where they were in like horrible conditions. Yeah, on a tiny little island. Chopping up trees. Was it Sarah Sarah Island? Sarah Island, yeah. Chopping trees up. It's
1: a pretty place now. Yeah. It's an interesting place to walk around. Well, and that's why it would be so interesting. it's It's a. It's a ruin of a prison, Uh, so.
0: Well, that's why it would be so interesting to go there. I was reading The Fatal Shore by Robert Robert Hughes. Hughes, Really good book on convictry in Australia. But he was Um, mentioning how, yeah, this place
1: was hell on Earth, effectively. Well- And they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't escape. The entry to Macquarie Harbour is known as Hell's Gates. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not because of its- It's seriously difficult to navigate through. But it was, my understanding is that, and some shipping people would probably deny it, but um, my understanding is that it was called Hell's Gates because it was the entry to getting to Sarah Island. Sarah, I think they called it at the time. Now we call it Sarah Island. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was hell on earth for these people. Yeah. and Which was the sort of, an
0: interesting thing with convictry and some of these places. I think Norfolk Island is the other one, is that when- you you read this in Robert Hughes's book, Fatal Shore, when they had problem convicts, they had to find out or find a place like an island, somewhere to send them. But then they were stuck between this, we need them to not want to go there. So, it has to be- the conditions have to be such that people would not want to go there. Yep. But we also want to be able to rehabilitate them. Yes. And so, there's this push and pull and as you read, some of the- People who end up in charge of these locations are the most horrible, mm-hmm. nasty
1: pieces of work
0: that the well, human has race has ever spat it has out. To be. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's one of those ironies of because it's when you're in a very small, as Australia was when it was first settled um, by Europeans, that when you're in a very small settlement, we're talking about you know a few thousand people. Yeah, uh, you can't afford to have a. Significant minority, but a significant number of those people that are completely ostracised from the rest of the community. You move them away by putting them on these little faraway islands and things, but you still have to have them productive. Because if you just said, well, 10 or 20% of our population, we're going to stick in prison, uh, they're non-productive. You've got just to feed them. Tats. You've got to keep them. You might as well just go out and shoot them. Yeah. Um, because there's no way that the rest of the population who are already struggling can afford to keep these people who are, you know,
0: they're a dead <laughs> weight.
1: They're a dead weight. So, you know, places like uh, Norfolk Island is a really interesting place. It was, it was the hell on earth as well.
0: It's another one, uh, though, that's so beautiful. Yeah. At yeah. least objectively but- now, but you. You read about the stories, and yeah. it was, you know, but the original reason to send people
1: there was we want to move them away from Sydney, yeah, from what became Sydney, the yeah. original settlement. Uh, but we also want them to create farms, um, and particularly flax, yeah, that they could then use. Um, flax was being used to make linen, uh, mostly to make sails for ships, yeah. Um, and uh, so they and then Norfolk Island Pines, the you know, very th- tall, straight trees yeah. uh, that they were using- Well, decided that they thought they could use uh, for um, masks on ships, but they were crap as They masks turned out to ships. snap
0: like carrots. Yeah. They, they, they didn't so have really brittle. good fibre they got- that they yeah, would so stay brittle. strong and upright. Yeah. yeah. But some of those stories were horrifying, before we get back to the whales of Norfolk Island, I think that the, the conditions were so bad that because the system was set up that if anyone committed murder you would have to be sent back to the mainland for trial, mm. the soldiers quite often set up suicide pacts yes. where they would draw straws out of ten people, and the guy who got the short straw would be killed by the guy who had the long straw, and it would allow the other nine to then go to the mainland, Yes, eight of whom would be witnesses, and the ninth one gets hanged. But he's like, well, at least I'm not on Norfolk Island. Exactly. And the one who dies is like, well, at least, well, at I'm, least not I'm not, not on North Norfolk Island. Island. Yeah. And so, apparently that was a frequent thing that occurred because mm. conditions were so So horrible, and so you just can't imagine what these these poor men, largely men, were. But at the same time,
1: Norfolk Island was for a few decades uh, a functional, productive farm for Sydney. Yeah, they were producing quality food and flax uh, for Sydney. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit bizarre.
0: But so these these whales, pilot whales. um, I think it was four hundred plus. Uh, beached themselves, stranded themselves mm. in Macquarie Harbour, which I believe, without having ever been there, is
1: very shallow. It is. And yeah. so the And problem- it's a very common place for strandings of whales in the yeah. sense of yeah, you don't get them every year, but it would be unusual in a ten year period that you didn't have some whales stranding in or around Macquarie Harbour. So I
0: take it it must be really shallow so that it's easy for them to get stuck. It's also hard to navigate out. Mm. So if the the you know hell's gates, the the way into the harbour is very narrow, then it's yeah. hard to find their way out. But it was really interesting trying to learn about why certain whales strand in those sorts of numbers. And some of the stuff that I had read about was that it tends to be toothed whales that are highly social, right? You don't yes. really hear about blue whales stranding themselves, right? No. Unless it's sick and it's washed up on shore no. before it died. It doesn't intentionally strand itself. Yes,
1: the whales live in large pods.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so, we had something like 480 of them the majority of which died, mm. and but a hundred or so were saved by humans. You know, yes. who, we went down there and put blankets on them, gave them water, and we're trying to push them push back them out back to out. sea. Yeah. But apparently, one of the big reasons that that ends up happening is that from- I can't remember where I read or heard this, the part of their brain that is related to interpersonal relationships and compassion and, and sociality is much larger than the human brain. So, they won't leave. Yeah, and so, they refused to to leave their partners or their other friends that are in distress. And so, it's almost this heartbreaking
1: thing of where you realise that it's potentially- It's a one- pact. I'm sure they don't- No. Have a um, cognitive concept of dying. Yeah. But it is that suicide pact of, you know, my friends and relatives are in trouble, so I'm going to hang around. Yeah. And the fact that you hang around means you get stranded at low tide. Yeah. And- then even if they you get the next big tide that comes in, you're not going to be in a condition that enables you to swim. So, yeah, but that's why I was just so heartbreaking
0: watching know, watching horrible. that story because you hear about how many of them were stuck there and that you you know that it's just a not a genocide because it wasn't intentional or anything, but that you mm-hmm. just have this mass population die off of all these family members and everything that were living in this pod together. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. man, it's horrible. But yeah, apparently that's a big reason they just refuse to leave one another and then end up getting stuck because they are much more socially bonded. But it blew my mind when I was learning about that to think, you know, maybe- maybe we only really get a taste of what that relationship between uh, toothed whales in those sorts of pods is like between mothers and-, and children. Yeah. Because Kel, I think, you know, would throw herself in front of a bus without thinking about- I think I'd do the same, but I would think about it for a split You'd second. You'd push her in front yeah. of the <laughs> bus, is that what you say? Kel, are you listening? She won't be are listening. You listening. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> but-, but you know what I mean, where there's that like- um the the mother child bond seems to be the cl- especially mother daughter bond seems to be the closest human bond that that will ever exist mm. and you you wonder how that compares to whales in this case especially if objectively, we can measure the parts of the brain related to those sorts of relationships. And we find in things like Toothed Whales that, whoa, they've got a much larger region of the brain devoted to this-, this sort of social empathy. Yeah, mode. which is like, holy crap, okay. it's like they're experiencing love times ten, yeah. you know, and we can only hypothesise what that would be like. But- Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Anyway. It is. Cool. Finish that one up there then. We're done. Bye, everyone. Alrighty, you mob, thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Goss. If you would like to watch the video, if you're currently listening to it and not watching it, you can do so on the Aussie English TV channel on YouTube. This is different from the main channel. You'll be able to subscribe to that. Just search Aussie English TV. TV on YouTube, and if you're watching this and not listening to it, you can check this episode out also on the Aussie English Podcast, which you can find via my free Aussie English Podcast application on both Android and iPhone. You can download that for free, or you can find it via any other good podcast uh, app that you've got on your phone, Spotify, podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is. I'm your host, Pete. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a ripper of a day and I will see you next time. Peace.